three-time Olympian, twice fifth overall champion, 2005 world champion, four-time fifth World Cup aerial champion, and 40 World Cup medals. Steve Omichel on today's 10-4. Okay. All right, you ready? <laughs> I, I'm, I was born ready for you, this. You were born ready for this? Hey, we haven't even got to go real skiing. We missed that one fat day, that 120 sunny day. That was away. Okay, Steve, what is the number one thing that athletes need to understand? <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a pretty vague, vague question. No, it's, a number, it's one thing. What's the one thing that you think they need to understand? That probably makes you the craziest that you see an opportunity that they're not taking advantage of. Um, man, that's a difficult thing to, to answer because everyone's different. Some people are missing some things and other people, you know, have that in spades. So I think the biggest thing for any athlete is just to acknowledge uh, their shortcomings and then attack those. Like understand what they need, where they are where they want to go and what the gap is and how they're going to close that gap more efficiently than they probably are currently doing. So working on their weak, is you saying working on their weaknesses? Yeah, understanding their weaknesses and then how to how to uh, improve them as at as fast as of a rate as possible. So being self-aware and knowing where where they stand like what what their weaknesses are and what their strengths are and then approaching whatever whatever's the best thing so m maybe their weaknesses but probably or potentially their strengths as well more hammering on those yeah being self-aware i think i think really exceptional athletes are athletes that uh yeah that understand really um who they are and what their abilities are and you know where the gaps are for their for their sport okay excellent Let's make things a little easier. Then. Okay, I hope I hope it's easier. That's a that last one was a tough question. Okay, well here's this one. You'll find this pretty easy then. What other sport or thing do you think that you could have dominated <laughs> as hard as you dominated freestyle aerials? Uh, well, I don't. First of all, I don't think that I dominated in in my sport. I think that You're I. You're too kind. I think you did. I I think I I worked pretty hard and uh, I think I, I don't know it any, any sport that I would have put as much attention in, into I think I could have gotten pretty good at I just was drawn to doing aerials like maybe it could have been uh, trampoline or it could have been ski racing or could have been big mountain skiing I think if I would have seen any other sport with as much interest as I saw aerials back in the day I would have been I would have been good at it so you so you were interested in you became uh, passionate about aerials first yeah I mean that was that was definitely my first love it was like the wow factor of, of the sport was uh, what draw me what drew me to it and uh, definitely kept me motivated to get really good at it because it's just like it's 
the coolest sport out there. How many sports really are, you know, that rare that not a lot of people do them and they're, you know, they're hugely yeah. technical. Yeah, hugely technical. And you, like you go 10 meters, you fly 10 meters in the air and do three backflips with four twists. It's, it's pretty cool. A lot going on. Yeah. It's a pretty special sport. I think you compared it once before to like a, a, a golf drive. Like how much time you have on the on the jump is kind of like how much time the ball spends on the on the golf club. Yeah, well, kind of sort of. Well, it's three you know three seconds for a golf swing, and we're in the air for about four seconds. So it's like everything's got to be in line on your golf swing to hit a hit a, a good shot it's the same thing for aerials everything you know needs to be the sequence needs to be fired properly for it to execute properly cool okay so what is work is it discipline pain struggle is it just natural to you what is work man the, all these questions are freaking impossible to answer. They're not. They're just big questions for big guys. Well, how would you def the, the, I guess the my question is how do you define work then? Like, That's what I ask. Because something work for me might be pleasure for you and vice versa. So I don't think that work necessarily is uh, the right definition when we're talking about something that we're well, passionate is it about. Discipline? Then well, no, is it just passion? Well, is it what then, is it? Then you but you just do it because you like it. Yeah, then it's not. Then it doesn't become. It's not work. I wouldn't define work as work. I mean, by definition, work is doing something that you know. It, there's a lot of uh, discomfort in doing it. You know, and if you're really passionate about what you do, I don't think you you really. I wouldn't define it as work. Yeah, there may be some hardship, but it's it's you're you're into it, so it's not uh, it's not that difficult. It's not that big of an ask of yourself to to put in the effort, you know. Whereas I consider the definition of most people's work is you know unpleasant, and you're doing it because you have to. And I think if you're passionate about sport or about any endeavor, you're you're just drawn to it, and you're into it, and you'll. You'll pick it apart and uh, and be into the process. And I wouldn't define that as work. It might be difficult, but it's not work. Right on. Okay. Fourth question. Ten minutes. Four questions. Can you tell me the future, please? <laughs> That's a stupid question. No, it's not. Well, what future? Whose future? I don't know. Just tell me something that you think you know the future of. What's happen going to happen next? It can be in anything that you're interested in. You can tell me what the future is for sport, business, the markets, the weather. I don't know. The future of vehicles, mountain bikes, ski technology, whatever you think it is. What? Just tell me the future of something. Read me the read me the future. Well, please. Well, the biggest indicator of future is past events who said that there's somebody said it's a it's a good saying the the number one indicator of few of the future is to look at the past so i don't think that we're going to see anything that we haven't in principle seen before so if we're talking about the athletic world we're not we're going to see outliers in certain sports but they're going to be outliers for a reason you know the outliers of 
50 years ago were outliers because they outworked their competition, they had more talent, they had more uh, maybe disposable time to put in effort. Um, business is like that. Business, we, you know, the same thing is going to happen. There's going to be a gap somewhere. Someone's going to innovate and close that, figure out how to close that gap, and they're going to capitalize on the market. So I don't think the, the future is, if you want to learn about the future, I think you have to look at the past and what's made people successful in the past by principle is going to make people successful in the future. And I, whatever it is, sport, business, uh, you know, this next ski run that we're about to do is, you know, what's, what, <laughs> what's made those things successful in the past is going to continue to make them successful in the future. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. And that's... Steve Omishel and Brent on our first podcast and our first uh, chairlift episode. Stay tuned. Have a nice day. Thanks again. That was Steve Omishel at Rambling Vagabond on Instagram. Check out some of the crazy going-ons that are going on with him. He's jumping off of things. He's jumping out of airplanes. He's always landing on his feet. He's very skilled surfing he's surfing he's skilled yes and music by heart heart-music.com why don't you download some heart tonight and play that while you're making dinner that'd be a good thing to do and 10-4 optics we have all your optical transceivers from 1g to 100g so if you've got a ripping home network we've got you covered and if you've got a ripping data center we've got you covered all of our gear is tested rigorously, so it goes in and stays in. Lifetime 24-hour replacement guarantee. Everything that we sell has been, like I said, tested rigorously. So that you don't have to worry about it. We're making your day easier so that you can do more. Thanks again. And maybe next time we'll hear you on the 10-4 Podcast. Have a great day.